Alrighty, the Creek Cusp preview for Port Adelaide boys heading up to the sunny Gold Coast um, for certainly a lot better weather than it is down here at the moment as it's been pissing at the rain all night long here in South Australia and uh, well, particularly here in the Barossa Valley for us, but I assume it's been pretty wet and windy for everyone else down in South Australia at the moment. Um, it's uh, it's pretty shitty, but um, the Gold Coast is looking like um, sunny and 21 up there. Um, looks bloody perfect for a, a nice early winter's uh, game. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Port heading up there and hopefully should have some good footy weather. But, um, yeah, this is the preview. We're going to talk about um, what might happen, which is hopefully um, a nice bounce back win for our Port boys after a disappointing loss last week. Um, but, yeah, the Suns have a few wins and they're actually probably getting close to what I assume is their... Uh, my strongest, stronger lineups of the year, besides their um, obvious issues in the ruck still. But um, yeah, we'll do a preview and see where we see where we come out of it at the end. All right, so the first, we'll talk about the Gold Coast first before we get to our, our mighty Port Adelaide side. Um, so the Gold Coast are going in this week. Um, to me, it's, like, it's not like I watch a lot of Gold Coast footy, but um, they've got ins coming back in, which is um, some key ones for them um, over the last couple of weeks, which... Uh, it's probably um, puts them towards the um, stronger lineups of the year. Uh, I, I, the, I mean, the big issue still has been that they just um, the ruck. Um, I think Zach, Zach Smith looks like he's starting as a main ruckman, and he's um, you know he's been around a fair while and he's certainly experienced, but he's not who they'd prefer to be in there. Obviously, with um, wits down and all that, and they, you know they were looking to pick some up in the preseason, uh, preseason midseason, but um, it didn't work out that way with the medicals and all that for. Um, I can't even remember the player's name, but um, it doesn't really matter now. They're <laughs> doing the preview, but um, yeah, that to me, it's one of their stronger lineups. But it's still just um, not, obviously not enough to beat us. Hopefully, um, is my is my opinion on that. But um, they've had Matt Rowell come back in last week after his obviously he was um, he went out uh, last year uh, with some. <laughs> Uh, a big injury after blistering onto the scene with a, an incredible start to the start to his career last year. The first three games, I think he, I think he might have pulled nine Brownlow votes. He probably, if he plays half a season of good of footy at that level, he's going to win a Brownlow um, very soon. Um, but uh, hopefully, it's not this week that he starts that run. Um, he came back in last week and was um, he played all right, not just not at the level that we know that he can. Well, with the limited time that we've seen him play. Um, but yeah, he had you know he came back in at the start of this year and then had did a completely different different injury and um, it's just um, been a, a stop start start to what is one of the more um, well known and fascinating players in the league with how how he came onto the scene last year. But yeah, his second game back in this week against us and um, yeah, he'll be certainly be looking to round into probably just he got it you know got his feet wet last week and um, got on the ground and got a feel for the game again and then this week will be one of the weeks that you know now he's got that under the belt. Um, he'll be looking to increase the workload a bit and just get get things grooving again. So we've got to got to watch out for that one. But um, yeah, beyond that, um, they've got a couple of other ins as well. They've got Sam Collins back in, vice captain. Um, so he'll be back in, uh, lining up in the back line. Um, so that's a big one for them as well. Um, it's inter- I find that one interesting because it was only like earlier this week. I think Stewie Jew was saying that Collins was a fifty fifty. Like I was just like kind of just was. Looking up the news throughout the week for the Suns, and it was like an article, like just only a little over a day ago. Um, as he was following Wednesday's main training sessions, coach Stuart Jew said fullback Sam Collins was only 50 50 chance of returning from an ankle injury. So, um, that's a pretty big turnaround from, but you know, it's it's coaches and um, ducks and drakes and all that stuff that they play with the with how they uh, put put news out there. Maybe it was just a little bit of, um, yeah, a little bit of gamesmanship in the media to, um, but, uh, um, 
yeah, he's back going. He, he's in the lineup anyway, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, he'll be lining up against our potent but um, misfiring at times forward line, so it'll just be interesting to see how he goes. But certainly uh, with Charlie Dixon um, finding uh, one of our very, very big highlights of last week's uh, disappointing loss to Geelong, Dixon certainly didn't let himself down, and he'll be he'll be um, raring to go, particularly against his former side, uh, up against a few of the blokes that he was named in the Gold Coast Suns team of the decade with. Um, so yeah, it's um, a yeah, big big test for the their back line, regardless, and it's certainly a player coming back from um, injury. Uh, the other one coming back in for the Suns is Sam Day. Um, he hasn't played since round two uh, with a meniscus injury. He came out, he played in the VFL last week, and so he's got that little bit of game time for him. So he's back in there. Their main side as well. Um, so yeah, otherwise it's um you know the the who's who of the Gold Coast Suns, which some people might say who. Uh, no, I, I don't mean no disrespect. I just mean that they unfortunately uh, are not a team that are talked about nearly as much as most. Um, but beyond um, people saying what the fuck's going on with the Gold Coast Suns, because it is a question at the moment. Um, you know the injuries haven't helped. You know guys like Matt Rowe. Matt Rowe was a guy that when he came in last last year, it was one of those ones they were really going to build around. And then he goes down injured, and then they they get into the like that second half of the season malaise that seems to come over the Gold Coast Suns. And I think I've read heard something this way. It was something like three out of their last forty two games in the second half of a season have been won. That means they've lost you know thirty nine games in the second half of the season over the past few years, and it's just that's incredibly inept and. Um, and I apologise if that stat's not exactly correct. I think I heard it on Footyology, so when I was listening to their podcast, so I'll credit them um, with that one, obviously. But um, yeah, it's just unreal how uh, inept they've been in the second half of seasons, and particularly just inept in a you know uh, their ability to build, um, and because of the amount of great players that have come through that side, um, it's it's um, incredible what the what how hard it has been for that team to get but it's just it's gaining traction you know you've seen GWS still struggle to hold on to some players but they've they at least got like a, a good squad together and good coaching core and were able to turn themselves into one of the better sides in the competition for a few years and now they're kind of she's still going okay there's just a lot of injuries and they, they I think the way they've looked at times this year GWS they could have been a lot better um, but yeah, Gold Coast as a team that came in at a very similar time has just gone like they've just been inept with their coaching. It's, it's been changing. There's just management up there. It's just been everything's just been all over the place, and they've just been a rotating uh, who's who of players leaving the club. Um, and you look at that um, team of the decade. It's a lot of guys that couldn't wait to get out of the door. So, um, and we've certainly got a couple of them here. Well, McKenzie was one picked up in, uh, under different circumstances. Though Trent McKenzie is in the uh, team of the decade as well. Um, good on him. Um, but um, you know, you got a lot of guys that were leaving there the, for greener pastures as well, such as um, Charlie Dixon. Um, so when you look at their lineup now, there's, there's a lot of good and you know you got players like Hugh Greenwood, um, who's who left the Crows and has actually found a new lease of life um, up the Gold Coast, and is that, he's he's going to be one to watch for uh, us tomorrow because he's an experienced head and um, he's going to be one of those ones that's going to make an effort, um, make an impact, and you know guys like Brandon Ellis and uh, David Swallow and. Um, are up there and fair bit of experience. Tuke Miller's a great player. I've got a lot of time for. Um, so they've, they've got a great side up there. Um, a lot of great players, just not a great side, I guess. And then you've got your young guys coming through, your Jack Lukosius's and your Isaac Rankins, and it's just like, and then Ben King, and and then you look at those guys and go, 
uh, all, all you hear about those guys is where are they going to be next, and that's like the problem with the Gold Coast at the moment. Is that you've got like all the news, your news about Jack Lukosius and Isaac Rankin and, and Ben King should be like, oh, this is the future, but it's all it's all just how are they going to hang on to these guys? They're probably coming back to South Australia. You know, the you know Crow's Twitter is just um, constantly about how we're going to get Lukosius and Rankin uh, um, back to you know back to South Australia, back to the Crows, and it's it's um. It's a sad state of affairs, and it's, it's you know we've we I'm certainly not um going to be sitting here in a glass house throwing stones. We've been down in the absolute dumps, and I feel for them. It's just it's it's just unf- it's it is unfortunate. And you when you look at that side and what we're coming up against, I'm, I've gone slightly off track to actually doing just a preview, but um you know that's why it's um you look at that side and go they should be better than that. And I and I think it I think it actually will be a tougher game than um some might expect. I think um, we're going. I think but. On the other end of the things, I think we're um, it's just they're one of those teams that we have had an okay run against against lately, and um, it may, may not be so tough. But um, I do think that they've got a lot of talent in that side. They're just not quite getting together. But you know, you look at the results like when they went to the G a month ago or so, or a bit over a month ago, and beat Collingwood down there. You know, the heart and soul that they can get into that side and, and the freedom they can play with at times is um, quite refreshing. And um, Stuart, I've got a lot, a lot of time for Stuart Jew, obviously. as a, He was one of my favourite players when he was a, a Port player and even when he went to Hawthorne and the, the great grand final performance he had. Um, and he's just, um, if you watch to make him their mark on Amazon, he's, um, he's he's still a character and he's a great bloke. I think he's just a great bloke. And he, you know, we've all taken a piss outside a pub at, late at night. Um, and, you know, most of us have just been lucky enough to not get caught. But, uh, um, yeah, I've got a lot of time for him. And uh, that's why probably the, the Suns have been the team that I, I kind of want to see doing better. But, unfortunately, I don't want that, that to happen this week because we need... We need a big win, and um, that's where it comes into us doing the job against this this side that's a mixture of veterans and cast-offs and, and incredibly talented youngsters. Um, we've got to do the job um, up there, and um, and so it's about time we talked about what we've got to do and how we can uh, how we can um, get a result against these Gold Coast Suns. All right, so our Miami Port Adelaide boys lining up this week. We have um, a couple of big ins and a couple of outs. Um, one big in that is quite obvious and uh, quite welcome. After five weeks out with four weeks of suspension and one week of buy, it's um, great to see Scott Lysett, big scooter, back into the back into the side. He's going to be an absolutely incredible addition as far as, you know, it's you know, we have missed him over the past few weeks. Um, Laddams has done actually done a really great job, um, at, you know, um, substituting for him. Uh, considering his, his skill set is slightly different and, and Lysett certainly um, what he does for our side is, is incredible. It's it's going to be a welcome addition. Just um, particularly with uh, Marshall going out, we're still going to keep Laddams in the side, and um, he's going to get a bit more time up forward and, and a bit more time around the ground. Which uh, Ladder it's certainly one of Laddams' strengths is his his groundwork a bit and all that stuff. So um, whereas Lysett, um certainly he does a lot around the ground. He's incredibly experienced. His um his impact just as a as a bloke on the field as a cultural kind of uh, and uh, for the culture of our side as well as um his his attack on the ball and his and his attitude to footy. Is incredible, and I'm, I'm very happy to see him back in the side as well. It's just um, what he does purely around the footy and in the ruck. He's going to be a welcome addition for um, the likes of Wines and Boke and all those in the midfield um, to see him back in there and working with them. So, um, yeah, really happy to see Lysett back in. The other big in, um, Jared Leanett coming back into the side for the first time since he played against Collingwood last year in round 18. Um, he's been uh, pretty strong at the at the uh, Sandville level, and he has been for a few years now. 
Uh, he's just one of those guys that just doesn't quite get the the consistent run in the side at times. But um, uh, he's certainly he's fairly well experienced for his um for his age. You know, he's still got a lot of top footy in front of him, but he's been around for a few years and he's got um, fairly well experienced. So going to be a great one to come in uh, just for a bit of um bit of energy, a bit of um you know a new you know one of those guys that's really looking for an opportunity. So um and particularly with some. You know, there's been a few players that just haven't quite been at the level for against some of these bigger sides. And certainly, um, unfortunately, there was a few that were a bit quiet last week against Geelong. So it's good to see guys like Lena, as talented as and experienced as he is, to be able to come in and, and kind of see if he can make his mark because he's one of those guys that, um, you know, we, we want to see uh, do well. And, um, and certainly, um, if there is... Some blokes that are a bit quiet, um, he, you know, if Lena can come in and make his mark, then it just might, you know, might provide that little bit of shake-up and spurn to some some other blokes as well. Um, that means, obviously, with some ins, we get some outs. Uh, Marshall, obviously, out with concussion protocol after last week, so that's what, that's the obvious one. Um, and then uh, Riley Bonner's out, um, one of those ones that, unfortunately, is a bit quiet, as well as Woodcock again. A bit quiet, um, both talented players, and uh, they'll get the shot again, but unfortunately, just... Uh, just not quite at it at the moment, and um, they'll. I think they'll both. You know, I think. Well, the emergencies have been named, so um, Bonner is back into the sample. Woodcock is named in the emergency, so one of those blokes will be the sub, um, along with um, Woodcock in the emergencies. We've got Hamish Hartlett and uh, Martin Frederick and Sam Mays. Um, I, without knowing, I think Hinkley, Hinkley usually names him in his press conference, um, although it's only official, official, an hour before the game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who it is. Um, Hartlett being named in the emergencies makes me think maybe they're getting working towards him, him getting a shot back in the AFL side. So whether he's going to be, he might be the nice, experienced head to, but in whether it depends where his body's at. Um, you know, sometimes it's nice to have these young, fresh players coming through, coming through as a sub if you're going to. So um, whether it's Hartlett or Frederick or Mays, I don't know. I don't think it'll be Woodcock, um, but um, one of those three. Um, We've been. Um, I'd I'd be happy to see Frederick. I just want to see more of him in the AFL lineup. So, um, particularly with it's looking sunny up at the Gold Coast. So um, yeah, you won't have to worry about. Um, yeah, it'll be good to you know whether and whether that maybe means and Mays as well. Um, certainly, an experienced head and um, can certainly come into the job if need be if the medical substitute is required. Of course, we don't want to see the medical substitute required. So um, all that all that speculation is just the the if, but we don't want to see any more injuries at this point. Um, Apart from that, um, you know, our lineup is pretty strong. Um, I don't expect any issues with getting the job done against the Gold Coast, to be honest. Um, I look, I, you know, looking at Stats Insider, and they, they've got like, um, especially at the moment, we're paying $1.48 and Suns two sixty. It's not the longest of odds I've ever seen for particularly for a Suns versus Port matchup. And um, the, you know, the line I think is eleven and a half, um, which is uh, interestingly, I don't know whether that's just the Suns being given um, a bit of home field as well as that they do have some fairly good ins at the moment. Um, you know, they're getting, like I said, when I was talking about them, they're getting to a a, fair, a point of being fairly strong uh, to to what they can be at the moment. So um, it is a, it is probably going to be, a, it might be a bit more of a tougher match than we've had in the sun, against the Suns in the past, but I just think we're going to be too strong. We've had, we've got a good record against the Suns. We've actually got a pretty good record at Metricon as well. So um, I just can't see the job being too difficult for us, particularly with a team... Um, you know, the Suns uh, certainly want to start probably knocking off some of those monkeys on the back with the the second half of the season record and all that stuff that people talk about. Um, but uh, I just don't see... And Port Adelaide are also at a point where um, questions are being asked of them too. So you can't... those That storyline goes both ways. Um, and Port Adelaide certainly... Um, 
at the moment, we're being labelled as flat track bullies, and this is one of those games we need to live up to that label and just keep getting the job done against these sides. They're in the bottom half of the table, particularly the bottom bottom quarter of the table, third of the table where the Suns are. Um, they're a team that's uh, on paper with what we've got, even with all the outs we've got. And, and we do have a significant number of outs, and that's um, part of the story and um, certainly part of, you know, but probably where I'm at with how the uh, Geelong game shaped up. I've actually, you know, thinking about it more and more afterwards, it's just the, we are um, so much closer to being, you know, and there's the thing Hinkley says, we're good but not great. And that's there's a lot of those lines that are a bit frustrating at times when you keep hearing them and hearing them and hearing them. But I do I do think that this side is very close to being a lot better than it is. And um, But this week, um, we don't need to be... Uh, we do need to start showing a bit more of that. And the guys like Lysa coming back in are important. Um but, uh, you know, I think Dersma said he might be only a couple of weeks away. Uh, Butters is um, on the mend and, and showing some good signs. At least he's running, looks like he's running freely in training and all those things. Um, he's still no time on with that weird nerve thing that's going on. Cleary a few weeks away. Don't know if we'll see Rockliffe again this year, but, um, you know, guys like that are, at least there's a bit more positivity on the injury front and, um, and, where we're at um, against teams like Geelong, we were just a bit light on the defensive. And even uh, just uh, the structure was a little bit off um, since Cleary's been out and, and all that stuff. But um, And I mentioned that in the review of the Geelong game. But, um, you know, when it comes to games against the sides like Gold Coast, um, you know, the the, the mid, mid, midfield we have, even missing Dersmer and Butters, is too strong for me. And... Um, and, we've, and the depth that we keep talking about is going gonna, is gonna to show in this one. It's going to be... A game that um, there's a few guys that, like, you know, and those the guys that, um, as well as the ones that are a bit quiet last week, that would be wanting to um, show a bit more. There's guys that have been maligned and had a really great week last week, like Dixon and Rosie. And I think Rosie will be wanting to take what he, bottle a bit what he did last week and and, and, and use that confidence that that's come from a promising performance and take it into this week as well and, and kind of get another, you know, get another couple of goals and have a bit more of an influence around the ball. Um, you know, he certainly gleaned, hopefully gleaned a bit of confidence from last week as well as as well as the body holding up, hopefully. I haven't heard anything about him. Um, I know he's been battling a little bit this year, but um, he certainly looked a lot fresher last week and um, and the better for the break. So, and Dixon, of course, he's gone up against his old side and um, and is going to be, and had a really good week last week. And to me, he's been actually been going okay for a while now. Um, just not quite getting amongst the goals as much, but he's he certainly did last week, and I think he'll be looking for it again. He knows Metric gone quite well, so hopefully he feels quite um, comfortable at a, and what was a, what was his home for a few years. So um, yeah, there's a lot lot of lot of reasons to be confident with Port this week. I think um, yeah, when you've got guys like Leanet coming into the side um, as a as a and Lysett, it's just that shows the incredible depth we have when they kind of bloke, blokes like that. And obviously Leanet hasn't been in the side this year, but Lysett's... um a premiership ruckman and all that stuff, um, you know, guys like that coming into a side, um, a side that only uh, they could have won on a different week against that Geelong in that Geelong game if things had gone a little bit different, and um, that is that is an incredible place to be in comparison to the Gold Coast, who just um, had a very disappointing loss against Frio last week, and um, just a still a bit little bit wayward despite the fact they've got some key inclusions coming back in. So, um, and then you just look at the. Um, Oh, the like, the like, just it's just. Um, I just think for, for me, it's just there's too much there for Port, uh, too much there for the Gold Coast to contend with, and um, particularly, um, yeah, we're just we're 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 stinging a bit from a loss too, and um, and certainly we've got greater aspirations this year, and I think that that does tell for something 
when a team has these kind of aspirations, that does add that extra pep in the step. Um, whereas the Gold Coast, as much as they'll say that they, they you know, they, and these guys are professionals, they're going to play just as hard in a, in a way. But they're also just there's nothing at the end of the season for them. Um, there might be there's the greater things like maybe we need to start getting some shit together so that we can try to convince some of these guys like Vipocious and and Rankin that it's worth staying. Um, and that's probably their greatest test. But um, it's a bit of a different um carrot to put on top of the game, um, rather than um you know Port Adelaide who are actually genuinely chasing some kind of um, some kind of greatness at the end of the season as far as um, trophies go. So it is it is just two clubs in two very different positions, even if they've got some um, positive positivity um, with the Gold Coast with a few guys coming back in and um, and the and all that. But I just think Port have got too much to handle them. And I think I'm thinking maybe a 30, 30 points, something like that. I don't think it'll be a smashing, though we do need to. Uh, it would be nice to get one of those at one point. Like We haven't even won a game by 10 goals yet this year and, but we've been winning comfortably. We've found that beautiful in-between of not quite making it a, a, a true um, heart attack game, but we're not winning by a lot either. So um, if we win by 30, 30 points or more, I'll be I'll be happy enough. But it would be nice to see that all more uh, happen this this week would be nice and uh, just have a nice comfortable Saturday afternoon watching the footy. Um, obviously, the last big thing from today's uh, tomorrow's game, sorry, um, I am recording this on Friday morning, so just so you're aware of that. Um, Robbie Gray, obviously playing his 250th this week, and um, that's you know without even mentioning everything uh, or everything else I just did. Um, if there was ever a reason to uh, to um, get up for a game, uh, celebrating the greatness of a player who's given so much to Port Adelaide over the last um, 14, 15 years is Robbie Gray. Um, he's been such an incredible part of our side for a long time. He's lived through. The aftermath of 2007 and gone through the dark days of um, 09 through uh, t- uh, 2012 and, and all that stuff. And he's come out on top he, and, and certainly his own own battles he's had, whether it be um, the knee injury in 2012 or uh, or um, certainly um, his personal battle with testi- testicular cancer a couple of years ago as well. Um, and he's come through all that with flying colours and come out playing better footy every time. Um He's, uh, you know, he's um, in 2014 uh, AFL Coaches Association Player of the Year, five-time showdown medalist. He was an AFL Rising Starman nominee, which I was at that game, by the way. It's Warren Treadray's uh, 200th game um, against Essendon um, in uh, 2007, and um, I think Robbie kicked four goals. Um, yeah, and he was really a Rising Star nominee for that game, and um, I went there just because I didn't go to a lot of games at the time. You know, I was just there every now and then. I didn't get... Um, memberships of season tickets until the last uh, five, six years um, with just um, you know, the fact I lived overseas for five years as well as um, <laughs> as well as well uh, m- money. Um, but um, yeah, I, I used to go to a few games here and there and I wanted to go to Treadway's 200 game and um, ended up coming out of that game um, just being like marvelling at who this kid was as well as Westhoff was playing at the time. It was the first time I'd seen both of those guys in person. Um, but you know, Robbie, you know, he, he made an impression straight away on me with that, that, that match and um, and from that point on, you know, it's just it's just been uh, such a pleasure as a Port Adelaide fan to watch Robbie Gray's career. Um, he's been he's such a for all he does and how incredible he is and how talented he is and some of the things he does with the ball. Um, he's kind of kind of reminds me of um, uh, you know, this isn't just purely a um a, a stylistic thing. Um, I went and saw uh, uh we went and saw the Boston Celtics play the uh, Spurs a couple of years ago when we were in Boston. It was when Kyrie was playing there, it was before everything fell apart and Kyrie's um was stomping on logos and stuff like that. But at the time he was playing well for Boston and had his incredibly incredible handling of the ball and in person was just something to behold. 
and it was almost like um there was kind of some kind of um invisible tether to the ball and he had some kind of his own force field kind of handle of the ball um that was that he was able to do that no one else could do and no one else had the ability to do and that's something Robbie has when he when he when he when he takes it when he takes the ball in the bounce and he kind of cradles it in his hand but it's not, almost like he doesn't have possession of the ball and he and he just he transfers it between the body and I remember one time and we've been trying to do a design of this for a, a future merch item is like he he took the ball on the wing and he's running but he was moving the ball around his body kind of like you know doing an entire rotation around his body to try and get a handle on the ball as he's as he's you know evade, evading an opposition player and he end up getting the ball in his hand and then and moves on and kicks it into the forward line and and it's just the, these things that he can do is just incredible. But beyond all that, you know, he's he's you know he's, he's handling and his mid his play and you know his midfield play for those years that we really threw him in there. Um, but and but his goal kicking is incredible too, and the, what he can do um, in front of goal and when you know the the game last year against Carlton with a game winning goal, and he did the same thing against Richmond this year from a similar position um, on the field as far as where he was on the field, obviously on the same ground. But um, but then uh, for me, and this is where I just wanted to end the podcast um uh, and you know beyond beyond all that you know he's he's best and fair he's best and fairest for us three times and led the goal kicking a couple of times you know he's just he's just the amount of and you know, all australians and all that stuff he's just had an incredible career and considering he's a bloke from um, victoria and could have easily gone back at any time through those dark years he's, he's stuck with us like a lot of blokes have and is a testament to the culture and he's certainly a, a strong part of that culture um you know he's just such an incredible player and um but my i think my favorite memory of Robbie um, amongst so many of them. And I think it's just because this game, both it was a showdown um, and you probably already know where I'm going with this. Um, it was a showdown. It ended with Robbie wasn't the the final say in the showdown. It was certainly, you know, the Motlop goal and all that stuff was what it was. Um, but um, they, we don't get to that moment without Robbie Gray's incredible um, influence on that game. And he certainly was a rewarded bit by giving big, given the showdown medal. Um, he, uh, the goals he kicks in this, and I'll, I'll play the highlights package um, in a moment. The goals he kicks in this in this five-goal burst, and he kicks six for the game, kicks one right at the end of the second quarter, and then kicks the five in the third quarter. Um, the goals he kicks here, because he you know gets a, he takes a mark, and it's a set shot from an angle, and he gets um, he gets one on the run, and he gets another set shot from a free kick, and then he gets one that he snaps around the body after gathering it from a pack, um, you know about thirty out directly in front, but it's a snap around the body. And then the fifth goal, he takes it on, you know, takes it in the pocket and on the on the run, slots it from it. It's a difficult kick. It's just like he had. What this package has is everything that makes Robbie so great, Gray so great. He's in amongst it and get it, getting free kicks around the ball and then getting in, getting in amongst the dirty stuff. He's ga- he's gathering and evading a pack and snapping a goal. He's you know he's you know in open space because he receives I think a handball from Jake Need for one of them. And, and kicks a goal um, directly in front. You know, he does every kind of goal you could score in a five-goal, you know. In, you know, it's the only thing he doesn't do is, like, do a bicycle kick or something. I don't know. It, you just see every part of his class in this package. It's it's just incredible. So, if you, I'm just, obviously, this is an audio medium, so you're just going to hear the audio. And, and I love this audio because um, when, at the end of when he kicks that fifth goal of the quarter, you get Anthony Hudson's great, great commentary. He's just, let, you know, let him entertain you. It's just... Um, and that's what it was that night, and uh, we were in the we were on the hill for that game, and um, I'd had a fair few beers, and I, I remember being doused in my own beer. I think when <laughs> Motlop kicked that goal, but um, you know it was just an incredible sight to behold, and I'm just so 
you know, we're just so blessed to have been part of the, you know, live in the time of Robbie Gray. Um, so he's incredible. So let's listen to this highlights back and just enjoy it. And um, go to the, go just go to YouTube and look up Robbie Gray's five goals in one quarter. You know, it's very easy to find because it's an incredible package and, and uh, deserves to be watched over and over and over and over and over again. They're outnumbered down there, but it hits the ground. Watch out, Robbie Gray. He's got one high. Be a free kick to Robbie Gray. And that's a beautiful strike. Watts, Sam Gray. Just couldn't sneak past Taylor, but he finds Jake Knee. Slips the handball inboard. Robbie Gray, pulled it back in it now. But the beauty of the low-scoring games, another free kick is... A lot going on off the ball, Jared. I think it might be a port free to Robbie Gray. Back in the midfield this year. After being a forward primarily last year, but it's around the goals in the third quarter where he's making his mark. Lots of blocks at the bottom of the screen there. Look at that. Two and a half minutes remaining. Oh, Robbie Gray. That's classical Robbie Gray. Four goals in a quarter. What a star. At half forward, Brown is on Gray. He's looming again here. Good tackle pressure from Need. He's right. ready in the pocket. Here oh. we go for five and a quarter. Robbie, Robbie. How incredible is that bloody player? Um, if you get the chance, go and watch that highlights package. And um, and uh, sure, everyone everyone that's listening to this has seen that highlights package and particularly the game of the night plenty of times. But um, he's just um, we're just so lucky to have played. And so uh, it's a big happy two fiftieth to Robbie Gray this week. Unless um, if you know beyond everything I've just said in, in a preview, just fucking do the job for Robbie, get it done. Um, this bloke deserves so much, um, and he's going to get so much more out of his footy career before he's done. Even at, you know at thirty three, still playing. To, Incredible footy, and he's not done yet, but um, let's celebrate him uh, for what he's done for our club. And I think even Dan Houston said on the radio yesterday, it's like they what they want to... There's a lot of a, a lot of feeling around the side. They want to get this, you know, this week done, and, and they want to do it uh, for Robbie, and they want to do a lot for these these veterans that have been around. You know, these guys that are going to be around for five, ten years yet have got a lot of footy in front of them, but the guys, you know, guys like Robbie and Trav and a few of those blokes have only got a few years left, and... Um, and you know, well, it depends. Trav always says he's going to play till forty, so who fucking knows? But um, yeah, let's get the job done for these guys and keep playing some, and uh, keep you know, get on the right track with the footy because um, there's these guys have been um doing done hard yards for a long time and um and are still doing them um, more than any at times and uh, they, they yeah we deserve um, they deserve a, a good end to the career and it's particularly um, just with Robbie Gray's two fiftieth a good end to the day. So let's get the job done tomorrow. Get it done. To get it done easy. Um, let's not let's not make let's not fuck about with it. Get the job done easy. At least the at least thirty points by the end of the day would be very nice. And uh, get the job done and get to nine and nine and four and keep a nice little season um, that is trucking along. Okay, um, keep it going and um, start keep being a flat track bully. Is all I'll keep saying while we come up against these bottom sides and keep beating them. Just keep being a flat track bully. That's all we need to do. Let's just fucking beat them. Um, it's that easy. So, can the pair. Let's get the job done.